Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Richard... Are you guys ready? I thought you guys would have been more excited to see one another. We're actually very subdued today. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. And then we can start. Cheers. Cheers. We, We still do that. Welcome into this edition of Road Trip and presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Allie Clifton, alongside Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry. Um, the triangle's complete. I, I mean, yeah. I don't, this guy does not need an introduction. You all know who he is. Kevin, love. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks for well, joining Kevin, us. I, I like that, you know, offline you guys had absolutely zero energy. So you guys are going to need to pick it the fuck up. Oh, we're like, my gosh. <laughs> gosh. It, we're, like, we're, just, we're just here. Where are you at, Kev? How are you doing? I, I want to know what's going on with you on the basketball tip, dude. I want to see I, Kevin Love play basketball. Yeah, he's he's coming back very soon uh, in February. Um, no, I feel great, honestly. Okay. Back on the, moving around. I think the hardest thing, obviously, with the lower extremity injury is just getting the cardio back up. And you guys mm-hmm. know it's so much easier, actually, to just get out there and play. I would almost mm-hmm. rather run lines. I don't care if it's yeah. 8, 12, suicide, yeah. whatever it may be. Rather than, you know, doing a, as you know, Derek Millinder, like a D-mill bike workout oh, oh. or a first climber workout. Oh. And the, the, thing that, the, thing, the thing about those workouts is, yes, they do help you keep your conditioning, but nothing is like basketball. So you're really doing that knowing that it's, it's, it's not really going to help, but it's going to make sure that you don't get out of shape, too out of shape. Agree. And it was hard that first couple weeks because I couldn't do any cardio. So when I started to get back and sweat again, it felt amazing. And then, you know, a little bit more than a couple weeks back when D Mill was like, all right, baby, we're about 30 days out, about a month out from playing. He like turned a corner and it was like, it was crazy. My, my, my introduction. So you're not, so basically what you're saying is that you didn't gain like 30 pounds like Channing did. No, I didn't. No. Okay, good. My introduction, my introduction, my introduction to D Mill was so funny. He was like, "Hey, uh, you know, first like before training camp, our first my first year there, he was like, all right, Richard, we start doing all these measurements and like poking and prodding.' And he was like, "Hey, I just, you know, we need to make sure, like, in case you like have a knee injury or something, that we have all these measurements." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm 35. If, if I have a knee injury, I'm retiring. Leave me, leave me alone. Stop poking and prodding." Kevin, what, uh, what is going on in, in your world? Besides, okay, obviously there's the injury. 
that you're working on, you're, you're almost back. Um, but how is the team? Uh, we've seen you lately, obviously very energetic on the sidelines. Um, the Cavs look great. They're a lot yeah. of fun to watch. Um, how is all of that? JB, shout out to JB. Yeah, I mean, we, I was looking actually on paper at the beginning of the season, and it was hard to, you know, kind of understand where we were at or where we were going to go or how we were going to play coming out of the gate. But I knew when we got to camp, just the energy and the feel around this group, which all starts with JB, but really our young guys are on the same page. Most of our veterans are the big men. So I knew right away that, it was going to be a good season for us. You know, yeah. we had like three, four or five guys out at one point, but we were still finding ways to win. Like our defense is always there. We play for each other. We have each other's backs. Uh, you know, JB is great, a great defensive mind. And then on the offensive end, we were just losing some firepower. We had Darius out. We had Colin out. We had uh, Dylan Windler out, myself, Larry. We just had a number of guys missing games. So I feel like even – when you know my, I come back, Larry gets full strength with his wrists and guys really get healthy that we're going to hit that next level and it's going to be great for us in that second half of the season once we get that break in. Oh, March. oh, hush, hush, hush with the, this whole That's so like, awesome. X's and O's, this X's and O's nonsense, Kevin. I want to know. I want to know. Oh, I want to know. I'm afraid of the vibe we had. Screw your vibe. I don't well, care X about your vibe. X's and O's, like well, when we get these guys to what happened with Kevin? What happened with Kevin Porter? I was covering the Pac-12, right? So I saw the kid at USC. I knew how talented he was. There was, you know, some whatever. He had an injury, but he dropped, and all of a sudden the Cavs got him. And I, you know, know you know JB well now. And I'm like, dude, this will be, you know, a good opportunity for him. Blah blah. And they just couldn't get him right. And then there's a blow up, and then there. Like, again, I'm not – I know that the kid probably needs a fresh start. I think Houston's going to be a great place for him. Yeah. But, like, what, do, you don't have to give us details. Like, we can talk about this without talking about it. But, like, how did that shit all go down? What was your guys' reaction? Just, like – and I know you guys are always trying to be supportive. So, we're not trying to, like, talk shit about the kid. But just, like, yeah. what went down, dude? You guys, they had such a good young nucleus there, and he was a part of that. Like – and then next thing you know, it's just like, no, he's not going to be with us moving forward. We're looking to, to trade him. Yeah, well, I was actually telling Channing not too long ago. I said, if you, if you look at our entire team and you take KP, you take Kevin Porter Jr. and you stack him up, he's by far, he was by far the most talented guy we had on our roster. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I looked at him and I thought, man, he's like, in a lot of ways, a left-handed Russell Westbrook. Like, mm you know, can rebound the basketball, can really pass, uh, can get his own shot, uh, can finish at the rim, um, body control and, and shoulders. He's just so good at that, finishing around the rim, like I said. But, you know, I just think he was super young. He had, a, you know, a tough upbringing, um, you know, somebody that had uh, and has seen a lot in his life. So I think that affected him, uh, you know, becoming a professional and speeding up, uh, you know, really getting into the league and figuring things out. And I think because we had a little bit of turmoil, a lot of turmoil at the beginning of last year, that process was cut short mm -hmm. on top of, you know, us playing 65 games and having 17 games taken away from us, not being invited to the bubble, 
you know, putting yourself in isolation and not around your teammates and not around this coaching staff, including JB, who was like a mentor for him. So I think in a lot of ways, it was just a perfect storm. Because if you, if you talk to KP, like, he'll always say, like, Scoop, that's my, that's my Northwest brother. Like, we, yeah. we talked about our upbringing, you know, how different they were, but how great the Northwest is, you know, what we can learn. You know, we had the great nucleus with, like you said, with Colin, with, with, Dillian, with Dylan, excuse me, with Darius. Like, those guys all got along really yeah. well. Tell that they were going to be the, the, the future team. And him playing the two or three, in a lot of cases, bringing the ball up as the one, I was like, man, this kid is so talented. He's going to be, you know, has the ability to be like a, a real star in this league. And mm. I'm just really happy even with everything that went down while it was unfortunate. And sometimes you see that in this league. He's so young, he's going to continue to learn. So I'm happy that he got another shot because he is a, you know, strip back those layers. He is a really good kid. I know he's mm -hmm. had his moments. There's been some things that have gone really wrong for him, but at the end of the day, deep down there, he has a really good heart. So I'm hoping it works out for him in Houston. I'm hoping that's a good spot for him with how they play and that, you know, he'll have success in this league and continue to, uh, you know, make the most of that, that second shot that he has. Yeah, and the, the crazy thing, too, is that sometimes, like, when you lash out and you have a moment or whatever it is, the organization's like, all right, you're gone. Then you go to the next place, and then it starts to realize, like, oh, wait, this isn't college. This isn't high school. Like, I only get – like, if Houston's like, no, he's gone – then you're, there's a 99% chance, not 90, but probably about 75% chance that you're done, that you're done. So hopefully, you know, that helps wake them up. But yeah, no, no, the Cavs, that one hurt a little bit, but they, you guys have a really, really good young team. I actually called the game uh, that you guys beat Brooklyn uh, the first time. Was it the first time? Yeah, the first time. That was like when Colin was going nuts. He was, yeah, he was going nuts. Of Colin has been, I mean, it's so funny because I was, I was telling a story to, to, to Zach Lowe and telling him, you know, in that game, at like the end of the third quarter, he always comes to me after a timeout, asks me, asks me, you know, what do you see? Like, let's talk. I said, okay. I said, you know, how, you know, you're, you're drawing the switch. Who are you getting on you? He's like, well, a lot of times it's James and like Jeff Green, I got to go at him different. I said, yeah. And, and like Harden was giving him such a cushion. I said, you got to look for, you know, the pull up there before, he actually respects it, and then you go by him and score. He goes, all right, bet. I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit two pull-ups on him, and then when he comes up, I'm going to, like, uh, you know, high cross and get to the lane. And that's – he, like, called his shot. He's like, if yeah. we're – he's like, man, if we're, if we're close enough at the, at the end of the game, I, like, I'm, I'm going to hit a big shot. And I, I told him after the game, I was like, man, you, you really called your shot there. So that was amazing to see and – you know, somebody who's grown so much. But my actually, one of my favorite plays from that game was, you know, he was drawing so much attention. Obviously, he had 42 points. But he comes down, he's about to go up, and another Brooklyn guy came from Brooklyn. Uh, Torian uh, Prince was in the corner. Like, a lot of the time, Channing, you know this, he probably would have shot that two years ago. Yeah. And he kicked it out to Torian for the, for the shot in the corner. He made it, and that was – I mean, that really sealed it, but that was huge for us. So, I mean, Colin has really, really grown. I think Darius has, has grown a lot this year. But our young core is, is something to be super uh, – really, really excited about, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. These guys are, are fun to be around. Speaking of Colin – go on, Jenny, you got it. No, no, go, also, ahead, go ahead. Hey, Richard, love Jared Allen as well. I didn't realize yeah. he's so – I didn't realize he's so young. 
Yeah, Jared's really, really good. Oh, like, he's yeah, really uh, yeah. So I talked. So I talked to JB, and he goes, "Man, Jared Allen's so funny." I'm like, "Yeah, man. The people at the Nets, they loved him. Obviously, James Harden is like a once in a generation player, so you have to get rid of. You have to do Pete get you know let certain pieces go." But he goes after Jarrett caught the like the second lob or something. He goes, Richard, Jarrett Allen, Jarrett walks by me and goes, I think I'm gonna like it here. And Jimmy's <laughs> like, man, go sit your ass down, man. Yes, I'm glad you're gonna like it here, man. But yeah, no, he's a really good dude. But that was the Nets, man. If you look at the last, you know, shout out to Sean Marks and what Sean Marks kind of built awesome. over time and Kenny Atkinson and like that whole group, it was like you know, they helped change D'Angelo Russell. Like, D'Angelo Russell was, you know, an all-star. They they got Karis LeVert. They get Spencer Dinwiddie. They resurrected Joe Harris. Like, we know this. Joe Harris, like, he was in training camp with us the year we won the championship. They drafted him. And they're like, Joe, you need to shoot. Joe, shoot the ball every time you touch it. And he had to go out of the league, come back into the league. And he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to stay here, I need to shoot it every time I touch it. And all of a sudden, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Yeah. Right? And- like, it, it – League is tailor made for him at this point. Mm-hmm. Tailor made, yeah. So tailor made. Uh, and you can tell, like even the first game that you saw uh, Brooklyn play at home. I, I remember, I think it was like KD had passing the ball in the corner, and he like pump faked, didn't have it again, and then passed it back out. And then KD was, I think he got in his face. They had the camera on him. It was like shoot it every every time. Next time yeah. down the left corner. Wow. So he just he's been letting it fly. I, that's one person, too, because we saw, you know, listen, he came to a team that was full of veterans, a team that was expected uh, at least to go to the finals if to not win an NBA championship. And to be, like, the sole rookie on that team, Ooh. I mean, that's intimidating. Like, that, that, that is a lot to, like and – too, And he's too nice. He's so nice. He was too nice. What, no, I'm not, what I mean – like, uh, Now he people. moved to Brooklyn and got a little bit of ink on him. So he's, got a little uh, ink. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, he got, got that Brooklyn. AJ Riddick edge tour. <laughs> when it comes to the Cavs, okay, Kev, obviously you mentioned once you get back, once Larry gets back, what you have already, we're just over a quarter of the way through the season. You guys are in seventh in the East. Is it realistic to think that the Cavs could be in the playoffs? Yes. Really? I really, I really think so. Cause we're balanced now across the board. Um, you know, one thing that we were, you know, kind of struggling with, with was adding that other wing player, but now we, we really adding Jared as another big as well. Like you have JaVale, you have Drummond, you have Larry, you have myself, you have Jared out. Like we have a formidable front Damn. line. Yeah, I got a bunch of big. Yeah. Well, J- well, well, Javel, gonna. Yeah, like, Javel's gonna end up someplace else. But yeah. Say it again. I said Javel's gonna end up someplace else. But yeah, you guys have a lot of a lot of talent around too, because he's like a big rah rah like hype you up type of guy. So oh, before yeah. the game, when we get in the huddles, he's he's locked in. Three-time NBA champ. Don't forget. Have it. you guys talked about it. going against one another at all? Have you guys talked about those days? Warriors, oh, yeah. Cavs. Yeah. Oh yeah. But also, it's funny about Javel. Like he's really turned into a, a consummate pro. Like Javel mm-hmm. is funny. Everybody knows about like, you know, what he does in music with Bieber, and he does the the you know the always has the camera with him. He's hyping us up. He's a great vet. But like 13 years in the league, he's the oldest guy on our team. He's won three championships, and from where he's come, like, I mean, as a basketball player, as a person, and who he is from year one, his rookie year to now. Yeah. I mean. It's, Day. And we, we were actually talking about that the last time we were in New York uh, for preseason. And it's just amazing to see 
his growth over the years. I think that was part of the reason that, you know, we brought him in. And even if he's, you know, whatever, traded by the deadline, like Richard's saying, maybe you know more than me, but I, I mean, I, I didn't say, well, I did, I, he did, well, no, I only say that because it's like, dude, with you, they bring in Jared Allen, they got Drummond, JaVale McGee. It's like, it's like, you know, this, this league, you probably need two and a half big men. And when I say a half, that means like a four that can also play the five. So if you've got three big men like Jared Allen, Drummond, and JaVale McGee, you're not getting rid of Jared Allen. Drummond, you're trying to figure out what you can do with his contract and blah, blah, blah. So it's just like, you know. And, and I've also know, heard, like, no disrespect, but I've also heard Kev's name. Yeah. Rolling around. Yeah. Oh, almost got traded 15 times. With me as well. You know that my name's coming up. Regardless, <laughs> no matter what the year is, my name's coming up in Cleveland. It you it's like, you it's think like, it's still it's the same, though, now as it was then? No, I feel I think like it's, it's probably different now. I mean, listen, I'm Thank I'm you. a real, I, I can look in the mirror and and admit who I am and see I all say, those no. grays, see all those salt and peppers, <laughs> see those salt and peppers now, and you're like, yeah, I'm getting older, <laughs> I'm getting older. Well, on top of that, when you when you have a team that's like up and coming and you're rebuilding, that's like a you know a hitter word there, you know, hot word, but you know I think potentially, especially with adding Torian and, and Jared and, you know, seeing where we're going, even Larry's still very young in this league. Like, you know, maybe they want to do something with me to, I don't know, send me to a, a team where they can get assets. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. All I know is, like, with this team, I'm going to continue to do right. I love, like, again, I love these guys on the team. I think everybody would attest to that. Like, it's just such a good vibe. And you can look at our bench – and then look at the other benches, and we're like, we're basically like the Lakers were in the bubble, like up. Yeah. Kev, we just I talked ball. about that with the Cavs Lakers. Your energy and your intensity, we were talking about it in the studio watching the game. Like, look yeah. at Kevin Love. He hasn't played in 16, 17 games. And like, he's the first guy you see with that energy. It was the same thing with like Swish in the bubble. Like, yeah. Yeah. Swish wasn't playing at all. Thanks, and thanks, for, thanks for that. Yeah, well, but wait, who was the guy that was talking shit to Bron? Who was the guy that was clapping in Bron's face and pissed him off? Hillman. Say it again. Hillman. Jason. Hillman. What oh, was that, he, I didn't even know that happened. I didn't know it was Hillman was the next day. So uh, Steve Spiro had come to me and he's like, man, somebody in the front office pissed LeBron off. Don't be surprised. Literally, Steve Spiro said, don't be surprised if he has 25 points this quarter. He had the three layups. He had two layups and a dunk within, I think it was like the first 90 seconds. And Steve, you know, they call, we call a timeout, and Steve just looks at me with his friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then, nuts. So the next day, Phil Handy, he, uh, he's breaking down film, and he sends me like a 10, 15-second clip. And it's me sitting there because we were all up at the front, like it was crunch time, end of the game. And Braun comes over, you know, gives me a little dap and says, hey, Caleb, I swear to God, if they gap me, I'm shooting this bitch. And he was 6% of the He was like, they better not gap me. I'm going to let this thing fly. And so I'm like, you guys better not gap you me. You were like, <laughs> so, so what happened, we gap him. So it's a pick and roll, I believe, with Jared and Isaac Okoro. And Isaac's like, he's a rookie. He's just going by the game plan, right? But you know, he has 40 points at the time. He's six for 10 from three. Like, sometimes you got to make adjustments, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, of course, they gap it. And as soon as they do, you can see me go. Yeah. <laughs> Gap just, like, walks off to the side. Did you really? Yeah. Did you oh, really? My God. Oh, I got to get that clip. You he literally was just like. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, so I walked 
put my hand like this, I just walk out. And Phil hit, like he, he ran it back like four separate times, like one in slow motion. Then you see the uh, the rewind, it goes, and then I'm like, oh. and that was a really, really funny moment. I remember we were in Phoenix, so and he was in, uh, Brown was in Miami, and uh, he had a, a semi-quiet game, and somebody on our bench, I uh, forgot who it was, he's not in the league anymore, yells at Braun, oh, we living, and the whole bench goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Braun goes, okay, I see you. And our assistant coach, Longo, goes, what the fuck did you do that for? Shut your goddamn mouth. Man, Braun proceeded. So, hey, look, you heard this. Click, 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 click. And <laughs> turn the burners on. And he was barbecuing P.J. Tucker's dog. I, I, we did this that. You I, have for me? Yo, I, dude, I kid you not, dude. I did that too. I used to do it to all the guys, especially when I was like older and not playing. Just like, I would like start talking shit in the bench and they would like turn around. I think KD one time. Well, I said something, and he turned around. And he was like, "Oh, this fucking dude, just just sit over there." And so I, yeah, I'm like, "Dude, I'm bored. Leave me alone." But I did that. I did it to Kobe, right? Oh. So this is when we were. No, no, no. This was like this was like older, older Kobe. Like he oh, was okay. like kind of like holding on, but he was still Kobe. Like the, the, no, make no dip. But Chandler Parsons. So we're playing. He's in Dallas, and Chandler Parsons was his first year. He's having a good year in Dallas, and uh, Chandler hits a three and did something. Kobe comes back down. I'm like, yeah, bust his ass. Like, bust his ass, Chandler. Bust his ass. Doug. So Kobe starts doing that, that head nod. Literally, they go down. Chandler Parsons is the one that runs back to our bench. He's like, guys, stop it. Leave him alone. <laughs> he had to guard Kobe. He was like, guys, stop it. That's not funny. Leave him alone. And I'm like, dude, like, you can't be, like, I get it. It's Kobe. But it's like, dude, also, like, don't be afraid of him and don't like run back to the, it's one thing when a coach will be like, guys, stop that. Leave that man alone. But when like the guy guarding him, it's like, I was like, yeah, bust his ass. Cause like Chandler hits a three. And then he, and then, and, and so like, as I come, I was like, yeah, bust his ass Chandler. So then they go back and they, like, I don't know what Kobe did on the offensive end, but then running back Chandler, like runs from like the left wing back to the right wing to come tell the bench to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain dudes well, just, just, or just let them just stay over there. Yeah, yeah, just stay over there. But I was and like, dude, he's he's, don't he's need 75 years old. Like, like, and Kobe is like a natural born killer. He was a natural born killer. We all know that. Yeah. That's like the last thing he needs. But oh. it was still funny, though, because I knew what I was doing. I was like, dude, I'm just over. Thinking. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, I was just sitting over there. I was like, shit, I'm here. I might as well watch Kobe put on a show. Yeah, bust <laughs> his ass, Chandler. <laughs> bust hey, his yeah. ass, Chandler. He got nothing. I'm not getting in that game. I was like, dude, it's like, come on, man. I had to guard him in the finals. That's 21 years old. Like, you yeah. can handle him at, at 37. Like, shut up, Chandler. Go play. Shout you out know, to my guy, Chandler Parsons. Some of the games, man, when I wasn't playing, I was like, damn, I got a good life right now, dog. I was like, look, I'm in shape. I feel good. This is amazing. Some games I had popcorn. I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you I just get in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, Wait, this is at what part of your career? The last part. Yeah. The beginning, the beginning <laughs> portions of the middle. I, uh, the, instead of the retirement tour, it was the bar tour. So it was because every city we were hitting a new bar. Woo! Was like, you remember bars? Oh man! Yo, they just they just opened up. California just opened up again. The stay-at-home orders are done, and so it was like I was stuck. I literally got stuck up in Mammoth. I went up there, took my boys' birthdays. Uh, so took them up there to teach them skiing. Wednesday, there was 
seven to nine feet of snow in two and a half days. We were stuck up there. It was, wow. it was nuts, dude. But it's like, like now powder, everything's bro. open. All, yeah, powder, right? powder, yeah. Jenny, are you going to get on skis, dude? Can we get you on some skis, Jenny? I got skis. I just got to learn. You know, my big, I got to get some clothes that fit me too. You know, them things are not for built for seven footers. So I can't be out there in no Janko jeans now. Kev, Kev, have you, have you, Kev, have you skied or done anything like that before? Yeah, when I was young, uh, I used to go up to Mount Hood uh, with my family, but I was, you know, I was probably like Channing was, I was the big kid. So I actually yeah. learned to, uh, to ski in Lake Tahoe, so Squaw Valley, because that's where my uncle yeah. lived. Yeah. yeah. But I would go, and before I would get on the nice. chairlift, I wasn't any good at skiing. Like, super coordinated, obviously, everything, but uh, I would, like, go to the ski lift, and there would be, like, a, a real small, younger kid who just learned how to ski, knowing that we're the same age, yet the dad was like, son, don't be worried. Look at this kid. He doesn't know how to ski. <laughs> you were six I, feet tall. It was a Mount Hood. I still remember to this day. That to, this dad, day. to this day. I remember him saying, oh, look at, look at this kid. He can't ski. He's like three years older than you. I was like, <laughs> He's really like, no, we're, 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 no, I'm eight. I, I like, just happen to be six feet tall. Yeah. Little kid. Um, what is the day in a life like for the league, like for listeners, like getting tested, protocols? Do you guys have to sit at benches? Like, and how has that been? Because I'm genuinely interested uh, to know what like that day to day looks like, how it's different from like a regular day to day. Yeah, well, it's different on practice days because we have to rapid test. So we get five swabs a day. We get our rapid test. Uh, we have two other swabs, uh, one in the throat and one in the uh, what that one mouth in the, do? One, one in there. <laughs> and one, we do uh, a couple of nasal swabs. So we have three, wait like 30 minutes for the rapid uh, to come back and be negative to actually get into the building. And then, I mean, it's masks on at all times, everywhere, no matter where you are, unless you're drinking, eating, or you're on the court. And then we go home and then we have to come back. We have a second window for two more swabs from five to seven. So we're getting five swabs a day. I think they just extended that protocol through February 11th. And then on the road, it's, you know, it's not like you're completely shut in, but at the same time, you know, you come to New York, there's no indoor dining. You have to go down to the meal room. You have to grab your food, go back to the room. Certain people can't congregate. You have to sit six feet apart so you know a lot of people are saying hey you you have to be confined basically not only to your room but the the entire hotel like don't leave the hotel so that's gotta suck it does i mean it's it's tough like the more people are vaccinated the more we get to a certain number to where it's uh you know what do they say herd immunity then we're gonna be okay but i imagine that's gonna take a long time but game day Tonight, I just got the message that, and it's kind of fluid where, you know, they're going to test before. Some games we test after on the road at the, at the arena, but sometimes we land, and you, you guys know where we drive in to, to park for the, for the plane to take off. You know, they have that little shed there for when we get checked. So we go in there, and we get swabs so we don't have to come in the next morning uh, and get our swabs then, especially because we head into a back-to-back. -back, but on the back-to-back, -back, we still – you know, if we have our shoot around or, or excuse me, walk through at 5 p.m., we have to wrap it at like 4.20 because that takes 30 minutes. Then we have 10 minutes to get ready and then we get on the court. Jeez. It's a lot. I mean, it's, can, it's can, but, can you guys hang out and like, can you guys like go to each other's rooms and like, like, 
like play video games? Is it like, did they, because you guys can't leave, do they like set up every single, is there like a ballroom now with a bunch of stuff so guys can hang out? But even then you got to be six feet apart and you got to wear masks. But I yeah. can imagine, so, so every team has like a ballroom that you guys can go hang out in considering that you can't go out of the hotel. Pretty much. Whereas, okay. I mean, it's kind of similar to, you know, how many fans they're letting in to the arenas because it's state to state. Like, I believe that, you know, we have 2,000 uh, in Cleveland. I think you can do that across the board. I think it was more so, you know, in the outdoor space like the Browns had and, you know, just a bigger stadium. So mm -hmm. they could actually do, I think, like 12,000. Um, but it's, again, really, really fluid. Goes state to state, arena to arena. Like, I think in Boston, they had no fans, uh, only front office and team personnel. Uh, New York, it was the same thing. I believe it tonight in, uh, in Minnesota, it's the same thing. So it's different, man. I mean, it's, it's really different to, you know, even sitting on the bench and watch, watching just the, the energy and the feel of the, the crowd and that adrenaline rush just isn't quite the same. I, I understand, obviously, all the necessary action and the protocols, and they're there for a reason. And look, at the end of the day, like, so many of us are needing this entertainment, right? We're needing sports. But yeah. I just don't understand from a team standpoint, like, as you mentioned, like, you guys are out on the court together, you're sweating all over one another, and yet you can't go back to the hotel and hang out. Yeah. Being one another. I, I don't understand that. Right. Have yeah. they given you guys an answer, like clarity on that? Well, there's necessary no. exposure and unnecessary exposure. That that is a necessary, sure. like there, and then the other one is unnecessary. It's like we can't prevent you from bumping on each other, but we can prevent you guys from like hanging out unnecessarily. It doesn't make. Like, I want to say it makes sense, but yes, to your point, there's a little up? bit. You, we bumping? And the only reason I say that a lot is because as you as you guys knew, as you guys knew. <laughs> Man, I really thought we turned a corner with the three of you. <laughs> no, we've been really, we've been really good for the last like 30 minutes. Yeah, you have. Richard, yeah, he's not getting it. Yeah, okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, what else is going on, Kev? Outside of basketball. Kevin, what's your, what are your interests nowadays? You got some, uh... <laughs> hey, great cards. Yes. Tell what? him what you just got. No, it's so, so amazing what, what really become like a tangible asset, right? Like you, it's something where, you know, it's people are really parking money into trading cards. Like I, I called Chan, uh, Channing earlier and said, did you see, like, I, I think a PSA 10 Jordan uh, and for everybody out there, like it's a grading system, PSA. And I think there's two other companies that do it, but PSA, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 is the highest too. There was a, uh, excuse me, a PSA 10 that sold for $300,000 at auction, uh, Jordan rookie card a couple days back. And two of them last night sold for $750,000. So $1.5 million for two cards. I mean, the, the, that market is going and, and trading cards are going through the roof right now. Which yeah, is Gary, what was that card that sold for? No, it's not just Gary V. It's not just Gary V hyping it up anymore. It's like, it's a No, real I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that was the first place that I saw it. And I was like, dude, dude I remember. I remember. He all told me stuff. 18 like, months ago when I went on his podcast, he goes, yeah. trust me on this. I'm like, Gary, I love you. And I know that you are really, really smart and, and can really make a lot of money. But I'm just like, I just like 
trading cards. They're like three by five. Well, you know what it is? You know what, they're like pieces of art. At this point in time, they're pieces of art. Like if you could have a Van Gogh and you could just park it someplace and then you whip it out 15 years later, it's going to be worth more. You have a Michael Jordan rookie card that's one of like 10. You park it, you got it, and it's easier to maintain. You put it in a safety deposit box, whip it out five, five years later, and it's gone up 30% just, you know, over time. Yeah, yeah that shit's oh, nuts, though. I'll, I'll whip it five years later on you. No. What'd you say? <laughs> what? Inappropriate. Out five years later from now, right in your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, like, <laughs> we're not, edit, and we're not going to edit that. We're not going to edit that. <laughs> oh, I just got it. Ha! Oh, God, I hate when that geez, happens. Here we go, Allie. Allie Get it together. Allie Clifton. Oh, so Outside uh, of that, um, I got invited to a book club yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, Oh, are, what, okay. what are we reading? I don't know yet because Channing invited me yesterday and the guy just texted me today. What's his name? Jeffrey? No. Johnny. Johnny? <laughs> Johnny, no. same thing. Hey, <laughs> hey, Kev. Uh, 818 number and I was like, who the, who's this? Hey, hey, Kev, when's the bachelor party? Soon. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, like this summer, like I, you know that whether you invite oh, me and Channing or we're yeah, me and Chan we're, yeah, when, whether you invite us, me and Chani are going to show up. Already done. Speaking yeah. of, can we can we talk about her? Chani, you got a vasectomy? Oh, yeah. But I have when did you get a vasectomy? Do I have to edit this? No. Okay. No, Channing's plumbing doesn't work. When did you get cut? <laughs> After my fourth kid, motherfucker. I can't have no more babies. I heard, I heard that the pressure like going into the nut is really not. <laughs> the needle was the worst part by far. Yeah. Well, Why? what would be the other part that was worse? Where they, there's two tubes in your balls. One that's like a fluid, and the other one is the sperm. They, they, they tie them up. They, 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 they don't connect the dots anymore. The dots aren't connected. No, this, we cut off one road. It was a two, two lane highway. Now it's just a one. Oh my God. Uh, wait, so do, oh so what, so what happens? But, like, butt's a two lane highway. But, <laughs> oh my God. A what? Uh, he said a butt. He said a butt is a two-way highway. Channing's butt. No, Channing. Oh yeah, definitely. Channing. Channing. I just. I don't. I don't know. I want to hear from a friend that that's got his. You know, that's got his like balls cut off. Do they take your balls? No, I have my balls, Richard. Is this is this like what you guys learned in like eighth grade health class? Floats in the air. It floats in the air. Just like we were talking about that. My brother-in-law. Dude, my brother-in-law has to teach online, like uh, like distance learning, sex ed, because he's a PE teacher. And kids in high school don't have to uh, show their face. They just have to check in. So he was telling me a story about how he was going over the, you know, sexual, like sexual education. Anatomy. And one kid in class kept being like, penis. <laughs> and they kept doing the penis thing. <laughs> and so... He can't see who's doing it because there's no, you know, there's no, it's a blank screen. Richard, all of a sudden the whole class just starts giggling. And he's Richard, like, I can't even teach us anymore. He's like, penis. Richard, how often did you play the penis game in high school? Oh, enough. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you know what? I got real paranoid when I was like, when I got to like 16, 17. So I was like, look, I might be able to make it out of this fucking place. Like, don't do anything too stupid to get yourself in trouble. American, right? Like a McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, Channing yeah. wouldn't understand.
Yeah, Channing wouldn't understand that. It's like, I actually had something to lose. Channing didn't realize that until he was like right. a senior in college. He was like, wait, I might actually make it. That's not, I, mean, I can't really argue that. I'm not right. I was just there for, for I was just there, so I didn't get fined. Oh, geez. Here we go. Uh, okay, so, so the bachelor party is this, the bachelor party is this summer, Kevin. Not this summer. No, not, not this no. summer. Next summer. Next summer. Even if we all get vaccines before we go. All right, so we're going to bachelor parties. We are trading cards. Yeah. Um, anything else, Kev? I do. I want to ask you this. I'm going to take a turn. We're going to go a different direction because we all here, I don't know about these two, actually. I'm going to speak for myself. Every time I see something come out, an article come out, the work that you're doing, that you continue to do, um, you're like the driver of... Um, the reality, um, the awareness, and just simply acknowledging what we all, what so many are going through uh, with mental health. You continue to be at the forefront of all of that. Um, fresh into 2021, you know, in the year that was with 2020, um, how do you feel you left, maybe not only yourself personally, but the work that you did for so many others? How, feel, how do you feel you left last year and, and as you continue to move forward with it? Uh, well, even just in the present, like right now, I saved messages yesterday in my uh, direct, in my DMs from people that were sharing their stories. For some reason, for whatever reason, yesterday, I probably got about 50 messages. I mean, there was just a post, I believe it was like SportsCenter or ESPN, where it was breaking down the number of athletes that have dealt with mental health issues and uh, you know, creating, you know, continuing to, to, you know, talk about it and, you know, erasing the stigma. And so many people were, were reaching out to me and either saying, you know, where can I go to get some help or thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, DeMar Rosen and you and all these other people that came out, Dak Prescott, you know, on and on, people were, you know, sharing their stories and, and helping a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. We have a lot of stuff. I mean, we just started an education pilot. We now have it in multiple cities. We're hoping to get it nationwide through the Kevin Love Fund, where people are going to be able to share their first-person stories in any type of medium, whether it be writing, photography, uh, film, video, that sort of thing, so on and so forth. We're going to have people come on, different celebrities, not these guys, but people share their own stories. about Dual celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Act actual celebrities. celebrities on there. Hey, I'm, I'm C minus, Jenning. You're D plus. I'll take that. That's passing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're having people share their stories that, that come from all different sorts of backgrounds. As you guys know, this, this thing doesn't discriminate. Uh, Channing, I probably will ask you to come on and hang with us. It's fun. It's 15 and 16-year-olds right now. Uh, we want to get into a, a little bit younger demographic as well. So maybe, you know, 11, 12. 14 years old to get that early detection and intervention um and then continuing to create tools and you know research around all of this but i'll just give you one stat from the second quarter of 2019 to to, to 2020 anxiety rates tripled in america and depression rates quadrupled so i don't even think we understand the long-term effects of what this pandemic and everything with the, the social injustice and unrest and, you know, even the environment when you consider 
the wildfires up and down the west coast in the northwest where i'm from where kate's from in vancouver bc california washington and we all know the election and, and the capital riot like there's just so much unrest and uncertainty and no hope like that set that crisis of hope is kind of putting everybody into a tailspin and actually you know uh different ethnic groups are getting hit worse and it's it's tough to see and they don't have the resources to actually you know be treated so you know again it's going to be another you know pandemic that that you know at the time nobody was talking about but the best thing that happened during this time is that it has become part of the the conversation that's come to the forefront of all of this so yeah. it's it's cool to see that people will continue to talk about it because you're just far more or less likely to detect it and therefore treat it if you don't talk about it and have these tough conversations. Yeah. I think it's incredible, Kev, that you continue to not only walk your journey in your own skin, in your own shoes, um, but all the while want to be there for others. And I don't think that your voice can be heard enough. So yeah. Yeah. Really well, cheer cheers to you, Kevin. Yeah, we can sit here and have all the jokes, the laughs, and that's what we need. But at the bottom, bottom of it all, just know that from us. Hell yeah. Thank you. So, all right. all right, this has been great. It's been so fun <laughs> to Allie's get back like, together. Ali's like, I have so much editing to do. It makes her do head Do I hurt, know? Right? Like, I know there's a couple parts, but like when you guys really got into it, it was kind of funny. Yeah, the, the yeah. vasectomy part where Channing said it's like a gender reveal, it goes <laughs> I have to edit that. Oh, wait. Oh. He didn't know when to take it out, you know what I mean? Uh, uh. And on that note, okay. it's another All edition right. of Road Drinking. <laughs> bye, bye, guys. Ah. Oh, wait. All right, we're, yeah, I'm there. But, uh, wow. Well, All right. Yeah. All right. Fuck there you guys. we go. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win.